The following podcast contains adult themes, sexual content, and some and what? And strong language. So get your kid out of here if that's what you feel is right. Yo. Hello. Hello world. Yo, 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 yo. It's uh Radio Llama. Radio Llama. Radio Llama, episode Quattro. It's four. It's four. It's episode four. The Master Fader and George Spitz. Yeah, Cal um Cal just left on a trip. He's in Milwaukee. The what's good in the Midwest? In the rustic belt. <laughs> the rust belt. Shit. <laughs> I almost sounded good. <laughs> but uh you wanted to get to it, right? I guess we're not we're not fiddling around today. We got I had to turn the mics on because cause Jose's on one right now. Oh, I'm on one. Okay. <laughs> so Jose was just talking about how we should kind of better organize and structure this whole thing. And um, I totally agree. But I think there's also something about like the moment, you know? I think there's that's part of like with the art that not only with this shit but like with music too like we're really good at like capturing a moment that's i think we're always that's what's great about recording we're always able to i feel like <coughs> i could say that we, we're good at capturing a moment like in in and presenting it even if it is like a very prepared an edited moment you know what i mean? Mean, mean which is what we end up doing with this too you know Right, but I'm saying, like, you should spend more time on pre-production. Like, I don't know. I feel like... I mean, I don't I don't think you should be recording this, first of all. <laughs> like, straight up. I, that's why I'm recording it, though. Like, I'm trying to prove a point here with by recording it. I think we should record everything. You know, I'm like, I have tons of footage and pictures and shit. I'm just saying that if I wasn't, like, your friend and Cal's friend... I don't know how interested I would be in listening to the podcast. That's a good point to bring up. Because you're only three episodes in. I mean, it's easy to turn the ship around and get it, like, into something... <laughs> so it's been... That's both. That ship's it's a been off bit, course already? I mean, it's fun. I like it. I listened to all three episodes, you know, and I enjoyed them, and I listened to them again. But it's, like, because... I, it's you know, us. Yeah, if not, like... I get it, dude. Like, I'm trying, you know? Kyle and I are really no, no, trying. It's, it's, no, dude, it's... I just... I think we're really trying, you know? It's like... <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just saying, like, how, you know, you guys work really hard right, right. on it. How, like, you know, it could be amazing. I feel the, like hearing it, I'm like, that's exactly what I wonder. And I've even told other people, I'm like, I don't know what other people would think of this. You know, if it's <laughs> if it, like if they don't know us, like what the fuck are they doing? Like, <laughs> what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, I'm scared that we get famous for being like that dumb, like <laughs> like make fun of podcasts. Exactly. You know? I mean, maybe we can. There's like been good ideas like in the in the mix. You know, like. In the last episode, like, or in the, even a couple episodes, there have been, like, skits and, like, character changes and stuff. And maybe you can do, like, like characters and playing, like, skits and, like, character changes and stuff. And skits. Skit, mm-hmm. And still be a little personal, but still. Right. I don't want it to like, be. You should, like, write stuff, you know? 
I agree. But that's. But so oh, that's let's an get idea. organized. Or let's not. Get, let's, or we can be whatever. But you gotta like, get organized. What man. would you watch? What do you watch when you listen to podcasts? I I look for stupid shit like weed shit and fucking Joe Rogan talking about weed shit and fucking who knows, man? Some other shit that eventually has some sort of weed shit in it. It's honestly like. <laughs> my you know me man i'm That's not awesome. like <laughs> so then be like completely about weed and do like no 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 weed like we're not and do like <laughs> you know like get different like you go to like out like los angeles kush and then review jungle boy strands and cali kush farms quick and, like, side note is it strands or strains strains i guess what is it we should, we're, we're the voice to the people right now. We should check it. Google that shit. While I, um, I guess, back sure. you up though. Like I'm, I'm, I hear what you're saying completely, and I think the fader has a point here with everything well, that he's saying. But I also thought so. What led to this completely back around to like bring it back is that we wanted to add a new. Uh, what is this a segment i guess we're gonna do like a whole a little piece or something yeah we're gonna do a piece here something you know planned nice and concise we did a little research and of course um we chose a topic that was very dear to us you know since we do make music um we thought it'd be a cool idea to f- share with you guys um some of our favorite influences um and we're doing it through a top 10 doing the top 10 Right now, we figured, hey, we've got the platform now. So we're doing our top 10 producers. Um, This is Master Fader and George Spitz. We each got five on the list. And um, yeah, so we're going to talk about 10 of our favorite producers and just kind of share some things about them that you might not have known. Are we going in like numerical order? Well, that's what I was saying. We're, we don't really, we never had an order, did we? Um, I guess just to start off, do you want to start or who's? I don't care. I'll start. All right, go for it, man. All right, this, this producer graduated magna cum laude from USC for a writing degree. <laughs> Got a writing degree in USC. Was uh, summa cum laude. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Um, I'm not... I always thought it sounded like someone was coming loud. <laughs> um, and the loudest comer becomes is the is like it's the champion of all the com- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it this sounds is like a fact. It. That's exactly what that means. Um, Brilliant. You win <laughs> for being the loudest of the comers. Your cum is heard worldwide. <laughs> worldwide. <laughs> Critically acclaimed. That's so nasty. I'll give you another. Sorry. I'll make it easier. He had a fellowship for poetry. He had a fellowship. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> <A> cyber <laughs> was part of a fellowship? Or he was. No, like uh, he received like a special honors and. See, I don't know what it means to receive a fellowship. <laughs> See? Um. Shit, man. So let's we're we're arranging it down to California. Um, That's one. He's the smart guy. No shit. Yeah. USC. He was trying to go to Berkeley for a BA, like an audio engineer. Nice. But ended up getting that fellowship. 
and graduated with honors. Nice. He would. That guy goes hard, man. He goes in. Smart dude. Fuck yeah. There's um, actually a lot of smart dudes in this list, by the so way. So Thess 1 is from the people under the stairs squad out here in L.A. That's right. Also known as Lord Radio. <laughs> um, he's one half of the team. Exactly. And um, he produces a lot of the stuff. And their fucking music is fantastic. He's got a very do-it-yourself attitude and... You know, he kind of taught himself all this, and it's pretty impressive because he's so revered for his sampling and how timeless the pieces are. So I feel like that's why he should be in the top ten. Hell yeah, he's and it, it just feels so fucking good. No, also I feel like the, a lot of the top ten they have a defining sound that is them. There, you can listen to it a million times you, you know, know exactly it's them. Yeah. it's them and they define it and they own it and they do it really well I'd say like most of the people on this list have their own sound and style Fuck yeah absolutely and you can pick them out in a crowd of a million I think so absolutely so, uh, you can that's also another reason for him he's got he definitely does his style is his style and you can hear it even the few times that he produced other people like with substance abuse, the track that he did with them, you can, you know, there's a lot of people that produce on that album as well, like MF Doom, but each of them, you can hear their track and be like, this is, you know, that's them. They made this beat, you know. <clears throat> it stands out. They got a sound. I think that's a lot of years of work going sure. to something like creating a style. Yep, it's a testament of skill for sure. Um, we'll go on to the second here. Um, this person, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save the non-musical, um, anecdote for, for a second. Just because right. it kind of, it's a little bit more indicative, I think. It kind of points things out, but this person actually, um, had a band himself. And during a time where almost anybody that was raging against the machine was like allowed to say anything his band got kicked out of cbgb's they were playing a gig at cbgb's and they got kicked out for arguing and for yelling at the audience <laughs> i love it and also um he once held a funeral for the word death um that kind of like might give a little bit more away man i don't know you said before they could rage and i feel like we're talking about Rage Against the Machine, maybe? I think it's Rick Rubin. Yeah. Did yeah. Um, right. Did he work on Rage Against the Machine? I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> really? Let's see that. Hold on, hold on. So, yeah, Rick Rubin. Boom. Obviously, for yeah, he's worked on ton of everything. He, exactly. He's worked on so much. Every, not everything's just, like, hip-hop. Not everything is just rock, you know? I don't know. There's so many different styles, and for somebody to be able to like help convey them properly, um, that's pretty cool. He also, obviously, so he's co-founded Def Jam with Russell Simmons, and he produced, actually, he produced the first rap album to go number one on Billboard, which was licensed to Ill with the Beastie Boys. Isn't that crazy? 
crazy. Yeah, no, that's an epic album. Shit's ridiculous. Anyways, that's number two. Or uh, yeah. Why was wrong? I don't know. <laughs> you feeling? You want to keep talking about Rick Rubin? I mean, I just want to mention like how crazy depth he had. I mean, his discography is country. Like nuts, even. yeah. And he won a Grammy for a country album. It's crazy. He's crazy. He run. He won. He man. It's crazy. He run. He won. He man. It's crazy. He's crazy. He's done so much. Apparently, he doesn't even work a board. He doesn't know like the technical aspect behind working a soundboard. Apparently, he just knows that something sounds good or it doesn't. You know what I mean? He's a taste maker, basically. You know? It's like maybe, like you said, man. That's that's like if Rick Rubin likes it, then everyone's gonna love it. <laughs> that's pretty. He's definitely trippy. got an ear for hits, you know. It's insane. And I feel like a lot of people on this list do too, you know. He's a he's a guru, dude. That guy's like. The guy's the fucking man, and it seems like he's so in touch with shit, you know, yep. so in touch with whatever the magic is. <clears throat> he looks like a guru with that long beard, too. Yeah, he does look like one, too. So, yeah, that's the second one on our list. Jose, why don't, why don't we go on to the third? Hit me hit me with some, with some knowledge. Hit me with some facts. Uh, this producer, you know, always had, like a passion for rock but he grew up in a neighborhood where he felt like he wasn't allowed to listen to that music because of his race huh and like second year of college he listened to pink floyd and it blew his mind he had an epiphany about how he was not meant to hear the music but supposed to what huh and he's worked with what do you mean, not meant to, but supposed to? Yeah. Like, he was not supposed to. He was supposed to like another kind of music, you know? But it was just his destiny. Right. Huh. Also became a big hip-hop head, I which think... shows his range. He became a big hip-hop head. So we're talking about up Danger Mouse, right? Yeah. That guy's the man. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, his yep, style yep, kind of yep, just when yep. when you said that right now, I was like, that to- totally sounds like something he would say. You can hear so much like rock in his tone, you know, so much thrash and grime and like loud. Yeah, and his drums and stuff. It, but he has like a big range, you know. Not only did he work on like hits with Black Keys, you know. He also has this crazy hit single working with uh, with CeeLo. Hell yeah. You know? I think he's mainly known for like And as Niles Barkley, you know, was saying everywhere, crazy, it became a ridiculous worldwide single, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's like the most famous shit ever. So he's proved he can do both sides of the spectrum. But he's mainly known for his hip-hop stuff. It's like how he came up was with the Grey album. Right, which was the remix on uh, the, the Black Beatles. album. Yeah, the and Beatles' White album and the Black album, yeah. Like a mashup of the two. I remember running into it at the, uh, the what's that, the Groove Tube. I don't Which think that's turned there into anymore. the goods. Yeah, it turned into some place called the goods, and then something else I heard after yeah. that. And yeah, it's not there. But that's where it's apparently Sublime, you know Sublime played. played there, yeah, yeah, exactly. We used to go surf. Me and Jose would go surf up north and up north of Florida, and 
we like, would stop by this place and and they had a ton of CDs and shit and records and it was a cool spot. But um, yeah, I saw a copy of the Grey album. The first time I ever saw a physical copy of it was there. That's a pretty dope project. I heard, yeah. Didn't he do Beck too? Yeah, he did. He's done a bunch of people. Yeah, and he and he's he's done Aesop Rocky. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's where I lose like. Touch. Is it Aesop? Who are you talking about? Aesop Rock or ASAP Rocky? I don't know. <laughs> you should totally not edit this. This is funny. <laughs> this is how in touch Jose is with modern day hip hop. Yeah. He no, I mean the, the reason why where I really connect is with the last stuff that he did with the Black Keys. He and did shit. work. He did do work on ASAP Rocky's album. You're right. I think he was even like executive producer or something. Like I'm that. pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so that's, what was that, the third or the fourth? I mean, that was the third, man. That was the third. All right, so number four here. Once again, in no particular order, our top ten producers. Um, I thought you might like this one, Jose. This person, first, okay, okay well, I thought you might like this because the first thing I'm going to say, um, <laughs> This person worked at McDonald's when he was young, just like we did. That's um, funny. Jose and I worked at the McDonald's on Kendall Drive and 117th Avenue in Miami. Um, For what, like? Shout out to West Kendall. Three months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. Like so and we did it so it. that we would be able to like link up and skate after or before. Basically, that was like the only reason we did the it. The McDonald's gap in the back, the parking lot to parking lot. Oh my God! And I lived right next to it. That was crazy. That was a dope gap. Like, it was so small, but it was like so dope for us. It was a crucial part to my upbringing skateboarding. Right next to that spot, and right next to the McDonald's that we worked at, was the Hooters and the Town and Country, where the Hooters was in, and that lake, and that whole lake, like little man-made lake area in Town and Country Mall, was like a skate shit. heaven for us. Yeah, I had, like, it was like so full of three there. stairs and. There was some other stairs. There was a couple other, like... Like the first rails we did? Yeah, like three, two stair, three stair Ollie rails. Over rails. Pretty gnarly. Man. That's pretty crazy. Um, Anyways. So, the person... <laughs> this guy worked at McDonald's, just like we did. Um, and... He was the first person to ever make a 24-hour music video. I thought that was a really cool fun fact. Pretty, pretty gnarly. Did you? I don't even know if you've ever heard of this. Did you know this? Damn. Damn, dude. It's all good though. It's Pharrell. Was it Pharrell? It's Pharrell. Yeah, I was gonna say Dre. I don't know why. I'm so like stoned. Don't know. <laughs> it's all good. And here we are leaking our future mentions, by the way. So clearly, I don't know. I mean, they don't know that Dre's on the list, though. It's not. It could not be. We can always edit it out, I guess, but. Yeah, we're gonna have to. <laughs> um, he, uh. Damn, I'm so like stoned, stoned, stoned. <laughs> he, uh. He also has a kid named Rocket. He, he named his kid Rocket. You think it had to do that show, like Rocket Power? No. It actually <laughs> had to do with uh, Elton John, and 
It was like Rocket a tribute Man? to his favorite to his favorite singers. Yeah, Rocket Man. Nice. Had something, but it's other artists as well, not just him. Stevie Wonder, Elton John, and Herbie Hancock. Um, yeah. What a boss. Seriously. The motherfucker's undeniable, dude. Um, he's worked with everybody and their fucking mother as far as pop, R&B, and rap goes. I found something really cool out here. Um, in 2003, 43% of the music on the radio was produced by Pharrell. Isn't that fucking That's crazy? crazy? That's when we graduated high school. That's right. 43% of the music on the radio. He's won 10 Grammys. Yeah, yeah. He's a fucking boss. You already know. I mean, th- that's the thing. That's why I was like, all right, I know people Two-time are going to Two-time Academy this. Award nominee. <clears throat> fucking crazy, dude. He's sick. Still making music. Still making hits. Still, still doing the fucking shit proper, too. But yeah, I think also on a personal level, like... And during my years in high school that was like my time that was just the shit that was every he worked on so many great songs i remember playing frontin by jay-z like on loop for fucking weeks all right it's just like one of those fucking hits yeah so there we go that's another one on, on our list number fucking i don't even know <laughs> that's the only guy that has his own sound you know you hear a pharrell song you're like that's you know a pharrell beat you especially know? that's a neptune's we should say neptune's beat, yeah you know? we should say because chad you know chad his hugo, producer course, chad uh, hugo his buddy his uh his co-producer and he brought like a vibe and a style to a genre that like might have not been open to it like you know, that whole skateboard vibe it was like a beginning of a merge, you know, in the 2000s of two styles. Yeah. You know what I mean? That made it cool. You know what I mean? You're it, totally right. It, got, it had a vibe. And you now, know? like, all the fucking rapper kids are he skating. He started it, you know, for sure. Throw some, some facts at me. So, number five. This artist, he was uh, another LA-based artist, um... His father was a famous musician, Otis Jackson. His mom was a pianist, so he kind of like grew up around this vibe, you know? Hold up. I know this name that you mentioned. It was a soul singer, Otis Jackson. Oh, fuck yeah, of course. I don't know why I'm not even saying Some of his albums are like, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Some of his albums are. Yeah. Fucking Mad Lib, dude. Yeah. We should be shouting out everybody. Why aren't we shouting them out? What do you mean? Shout out Madlib. Yeah, of course shout out Madlib. But yeah, explain a little more about Madlib. Explain what what it's makes him... It's dope, though. He, like, grew up around, like, you know, music. And his dad was very open to him, like, being there, even though it annoyed, you know, engineers and stuff, you know? Yeah. But, um... He's worked on... He even worked on... Great, yeah. Yeah, he's, he did Kanye's... That's he right. did a song on Kanye's last album. Talib Kweli. Exactly. Freddie Gibbs. Oh man, that shit's pinata's you know, so stuff dope. Stuff that he's done with like those beats are M-E-D so crazy. and Blue. Yeah, that shit's raw. But you gotta give it yeah. to him too, also for like really putting himself out there. He didn't always instrumentally want to be for a while. You oh, know, for sure. like the instrumental aspect, like the the beat conductor albums. Yeah, that's just the blood in the basement and all that stuff. It's so dope how like him and doom make 
uh, art out of not just the beats, but the portrayal, like the gather, like the collection of beats. It's so dope. Um, no, but you know, also like, I mean, he's done a lot too. Besides like yesterday's new quintet and the stuff, you know, he's got like a million projects. You know, Loop Pack, the Loop Diggers. I mean, you can go on for like days. Mad he's got, villain. Like, 32 different monikers, you know. Yeah. Including Quasimodo. Quasimodo. Three albums, you know. And they're all critically acclaimed. And he wasn't even gonna... The only reason why he even pitched voices is because he didn't like how he sounded. He thought he sounded too deep voice and he didn't like how his voice was. <laughs> and literally, like, he did it for himself and Peanut Butter Wolf convinced him to put this out. That's so dope. Man. It was just, like, for fun. Like, Hell yeah. for his friends, you know. Well, there you go. That's how dope, like, when, you know, how he, what he does for fun became, like, something that, like, it's critically acclaimed. The next one here, number, what are we, six? Yeah. Number six on our list of the top ten producers. Uh, so this person was studying to become an Air Force pilot. What? Uh-huh. Um, and... Also was a junior police cadet. Damn, for real? Yeah, which is very ironic because in 2001, he ends up making a song. Oh, this is Dre. No. No? 2001. All right, keep going. He made a song in 2001 called Fuck the Police. Now, Dre did as well, but it's not Dre. <laughs> and I and then here here's the dead giveaway. I thought not only be right uh, to put him in the top ten, of course, but right after his homie Madlib, Dilla. Yeah, he was a police cadet. He was a young junior police cadet. That's awesome. Right but um, yeah, he ran into a lot of like discrimination issues and saw a lot of cop nasty cop shit, and soon became. Uh, he quit the junior police cadet because of that and then in 2001 he made fuck the police fucking man dude that's so dope right that's so dope um jay dilla from detroit a lot of people and i shouldn't just say him but like you know they they um they try to guard him as treasure of their own music is for the world man and you know some people really fucking love this guy and that's what it is i think right yeah of course um, there's not there's nothing bad with a lot of people sharing the same opinion right they like him you know but a lot of people are like oh yeah everybody thinks he's and i've heard people say that he's over um, that's overrated yeah it's crazy i was like really though like what why why do you like it's like tell it's like saying like bob marley Oh, he's overrated just because so many people love him? Really? Come on, man. Right. Shit's just real. That's just what it is. It's good. But um, forefathers are forefathers, too, I say. So, I don't know. These but, are uh, all people Jay that Dilla's define a sound. Style, and I mean, he's 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 known for being, like, your favorite producer's favorite producer, actually. That's exactly. what people have said. Pharrell has said that he's his favorite producer. Kanye has said the same. So it's like, of course we would say so this, but he, he he's tributes, just sick. And, and he and he did some pretty big fucking songs. 
for Busta Rhymes, for Janet Jackson, um, stuff with Tribe. That's right. Tribe Called Quest. Um, Slum Village. And one thing I found that was I thought was really cool was that he worked with this guy named Amp Fiddler, who was part of uh, the uh, Funkadelic Collective. Cool. And... Um, also from Detroit, correct? Is it? I'm pretty sure. Parliament Funkadelic? Man, you're probably right. Um, I wish I knew that. I wish I could back then. Yeah. Check that out. And and check out Amp Fiddler if you want to add to it. Um, there's some cool shit. But uh, Amp Fiddler was like a producer that Jay Dilla was growing up under his wing. And um, in 1994, P-Funk or Parliament was playing a Lollapalooza that also uh, Tribe was playing and I think Slum might have been playing or some somehow Dilla was involved in a performance there and this guy Amp Fiddler, that producer, uh, the guy from Parliament, he linked him with Q-Tip. He said, you guys need to get together. This is That's how he met Q-Tip through a 1994 Lollapalooza. You know, they, they got together and officially formed in New Jersey, but most of the members are from Detroit, okay. Michigan, yeah. Well, you could thank, so this guy, Amp Fiddler, he's the one to blame for Jay Dilla meeting Q-Tip at that Lollapalooza in 1994. That's dope. He's like, yo, you guys need to link up. Check this shit out. Crazy. That's <clears throat> dope. Two epic producers. So, yeah, let's, let's give, him, give him the seventh here. The seventh. I don't really have a really good one for to give you like that will give it away. That's but cool. he's an avid vegan and <laughs> here in Los Angeles. Another LA. Yeah, another LA. Damn. That LA aliens here. That's true. Almost all these people on the list at one point lived in LA, I believe anyways. Well, I mean Danger Mouth also lives in LA as well. Um a vegan. So the ve- the only hint we have right now is that this person is a vegan. No, there's. I mean, I'll give you some more. He's a humongous collector of Sun Ra music. Um, oh, now we're talking about Ross G. Yeah. Okay. The African Space Program. That's right. Space Space. That's sick. Tell us a little bit more about Ross G because I think. Um, I mean, he's one know, of the newer dudes might, on the list. A little new, you know. I mean, compared to might not have like a a huge catalog. Yeah, but he's he's done a lot of records. He's done at least fifteen beat albums. Um, he's recently worked with a for the first time with a a vocalist called Koreatown Oddity. Oh, okay, Another, yeah, like, uh, killing vocal. it out yeah. here. Yeah, he's uh, you know released a, a couple things recently. My kind of blues and. Um, the Stargate music, which is a tribute to it's trippy, dude. To women, which is an amazing project. His sounds are so like <clears throat> wacky, dude. The beats are so interesting to hear. Like he reminds me a lot of Dilla, you know, like with his off grooves and stuff. Absolutely, it's very natural, like you know, vibe to it. But he's got like a lot of like. Um, Dub, yeah, you can you tell there's a lot of reggae, reggae shit going on. He became uh, one of the artists for Brain Feeder, which is Flying Lotus label. Right. 
they're both kind of like musically pushing. I guess they would consider themselves a little experimental. Yeah, his sounds are out of this world. Definitely. Uh, I guess one of his friends actually introduced him to to Flying Lotus. Pretty interesting, you know. Dope. He says like there's a story about this record shop here in LA called Aaron's that's no longer here. I guess like everyone that's everyone made their records there and you know, like got their records there. Like Matt Lib frequented Aaron's and it was like a big hub for Crate uh, Diggers. West Coast hip hop culture. Like that's beat crazy. Makers. It was one of the birthplaces of that wow. vibe and that sound. Um apparently it's not there anymore. Hmm. I want to say that it's There's in Pasadena, but great I might have final to f- fact check that. But yeah. yeah, Ross G coming in on the top 10 list. So this next person, I think we got number eight here, right? You know, this is a very personal list too. I want, I want to stress that. Like, There's so many amazing producers I feel like we're not putting on here. So don't get but butt hurt. Yeah. It's just that we grew up on a lot of these and that's what it is it's just and they are some of the greatest i mean producers. i grew up on the beatles but you know we're not mentioning george martin yep that's true man i'm real every time you mention another one i'm like this list is fucking we're stupid but man. it's what we like this yeah. is the music that influenced us and influenced our sound these are our top 10 producers you know yeah so number eight uh, i thought this was cool he uh helped Oprah Winfrey become famous. Basically, he helped. He's arguably responsible for making Oprah Winfrey famous, and he did so. Um, this is interesting. Selected her as his next to be famed because of her name, just because he liked the, her name. Um, that goes to show how strong a name can be. Right? Isn't that trippy? So it was for a movie that this person was producing the soundtrack for. Um, this person also had a uh, Picasso as a next door neighbor. Pablo Picasso was his next door neighbor. Jeez, really? Yeah, pretty trippy. You should be able to, I guess, tell just by his age. I'm sure. So. Exactly. It has to be Mr. Jones. Yeah, Quincy Jones. Um, Quincy Jones, of course, has worked on everything from uh, Sinatra, no? Yeah, Sinatra to Michael Jackson to. Uh, Soundtracks for movies like uh, E.T. That's um, right. Damn, he even worked on Logic's new album. That's pretty crazy. The rapper Logic. Really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he um, he did some of the most epic albums of our fucking, uh, I guess, our time. Dude, he did Thriller, So no? many times. Yeah, he worked on, he did um, Michael Jackson's Thriller, Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles, Ella Fitzgerald. I mean, and the styles range from like jazz to pop to rock to classical. The actual musicality that he's capable of producing by himself is absurd. Yeah, no, he's a G. Like anything. He could do anything. Anything. And he can even fucking... I heard a story from Bruce Swedean, who was the engineer on Thriller and other projects. Um, one night he was with Quincy Jones. This is legit. They're in this studio all night working on this one tune. In the morning, they had to record an orchestra for some shit. I don't even remember what it was. It's like 
a.m. hours, four or five in the morning or something. And Bruce is like, man, I don't, I don't know how we're gonna, you know. He's like, we still have to write. He's like, you still haven't even written the orchestra parts. Something for some, I'm guessing a movie or an artist, some shit. Quincy tells Bruce like, don't worry, just go to sleep. We're gonna figure this out. He wakes up. Bruce Sudian gets w- woken up by Quincy Jones while like the whole orchestra is getting ready to set up and they're set, they're setting up for the session. They slept at the studio that night. And, um, Bruce kind of like looks at him and I don't know if he hands him the sheet paper, the sheet music, or if he sees that it's going around already. But within like I don't know, man, he had like three or four hours. He wrote the whole thing. And he says that he wrote it without an instrument at all. Like, he wrote it. He literally physically wrote the, the, the sheet music from his head yeah. without hearing it. <laughs> and he fucking... And it was some shit, apparently. It was awesome. Like, wow, holy shit, shit. Which I don't, I don't, I don't think he mentioned what it was, but man, this guy has scored multiple films he's worked on so many albums and even his own music is incredible like at projects that he put out under his own name some of my favorite vinyl some of my favorite records that i have are like his projects uh sweetwater jack the dude he's been able to work through time with such timeless people of their eras you know but yeah well why don't we give him number nine um, um, number nine. The funny story about him. Why don't we give him number nine? So his grandfather was a jazz musician in Brooklyn. Okay. And he visited the city a lot uh, to visit his grandfather. And around the age thirteen, he said, "You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna come and live in the city." Oh, he didn't live in the. He wasn't from New York. No, he's not from New York. Okay. He's from Chicago. Hmm. And this was not even music related. This was just off a of vibe. He never knew he was going to do music at this point. Okay. He just vibed off the city. And I think that it's a big clue for this artist who's, uh, who's produced so many hits throughout the 90s and 2000s. Okay. He's worked with all the greatest rappers, arguably the best rappers. Okay. Um, he's considered by many publications as one of the top 20 the top 10 most influential producers in hip-hop of all time um yeah i think i think i know what you're talking about plenty of hits i'm pretty sure you know who this is yeah dj premier that's right or as he was once known in 1988 as wax master c no shit (laughs) isn't that funny wax master c yeah that's something like a dab head these days Waxy would be C. like Waxmaster C, dude. Love it. But um, yeah, he's premieres. Big yeah. L, Biggie, I mean Jay Z. Yeah, Every, I mean Nas. He worked on Nomadic. He even worked on songs with Christina Aguilera and Fred Durst of Limp Bizkit. That's right. With Method Man, which actually fucking, it's pretty dope. I love it actually. For um, sure. But yeah, he even did the Gangstar stuff, of That's course. That's one of the things that I was going to mention that really He's, touches me big time. You know, the Guru Gangstar records that he did. He has such an iconic style in hip-hop. Definitely heard in his rhythms and in the drum. But like, 
the fact that he scratches the hook, you know, that was like such a trademark and such a thing that people like it's such a DJing and scratching at the time that he started really becoming big was like su such a like such a big element in hip hop. And he was a, a master at it. And he really included it in everything he did. He, he was such a good crate digger as well. Finding like acapellas and shit like that to be able to sample. Um, fuck um, yeah, DJ Premier Noriega. I mean, I can go on for like forever about this shit. Yeah, yeah. Who else is? Who else did he work Jay with? Jay the Damager, obviously. Um, D'Angelo, he did Devil's Pie. Um, he even worked with Rex, our homie Rex. Shout out to Rex in Boston. <laughs> Big L and Fat Joe. He did The Enemy. Mathematics by Most Def. That's the one I was thinking of. Um, rest in peace, Big L, of course. Fuck yeah. He was ahead of his time, man. Um, he was he worked with the best, man. He was... Oh, well, yeah. And he Terrorist still does. ones, for Christ's sake. I mean, and he still... Now he does the the stuff with uh, Royce to 5'9". Yeah, that's right. I mean, Prime. Prime. But yeah, no, I mean, he did everything, dude. He did New York State of Mind with Nas. I mean, all the Jay-Z stuff that he did to find like a sound you know in that time and all these people are huge you know he's influenced so many people's styles um, and he came from an era where like hip-hop was really becoming what it you know he's part of that like era where hip-hop becomes this like multi stylistic and you know like faceted pop music you know right it becomes, exactly comes pop but primo dude primo he's definitely uh, you know, a rap legend. And so, we come to the last one on the list. So this person also wanted to be a pilot, um, just like Dilla. Jeez, pretty trippy, a lot right? Of high flyers here. In 2014, this person was uh, making so much money that he was. It's estimated that he was basically making $20 per second in 2014. This person. Jeez. $20 per second. Um, isn't that crazy? That's insane. I can't even imagine. <laughs> it's insane. I'm trying to do the math. Yeah. 10 seconds is $200. Uh, this guy... Uh, well, this is going to be the tip-off, obviously. I guess we're going to have to go from here, but... He did not know that um, when he first heard Eminem, he thought he was black. He didn't know he was white. Pretty trippy, man. Fucking amazing. Um, of course, we are talking about Dr. Dre. That was your freebie, dude. <laughs> what an eye for talent, by the way, with Dre. What an, you mean what an ear for talent? Or both. Yeah, and one. <laughs> Agree to disagree. When in Rome. <laughs> um... Yeah, so he uh, obviously uh, started off as part of the world-class Wrecking Crew um, and then became one of the founders of NWA and then eventually ends up doing the Death Row stuff and, I mean, you name it from there. He's branched off to doing so many things. The Chronic. Yeah, made his, his sake. insanely timeless piece. Snoop Dogg. What is that, 92 or 94? It's year 91 or 92, I think. Yeah, 1992. Pretty trippy, man. And then he does Snoop stuff. 
and he's responsible for almost pretty much making the west coast sound of the era you know um and he helps pioneer a bunch of west coast rappers careers but he also did some big hits for other big artists in the pop world and in the rap world of course um he did work with uh black street he did that huge track with them um, that's right no diggity he also did a track for uh, gwen stefani even gwen stefani and eve such he's so responsible for a sound too you know like you know for sure chronic 2001 was like the fucking soundtrack to like some of my high school days <laughs> hell yeah it's the soundtrack to me getting more play than i've ever gotten in my life <laughs> we used to like <laughs> at school dances in like these fucking clubs we were so young but we're like booty music man. grinding up on girls and stuff shit, yeah that's Dre, a miami I mean, shit. tracks for sure but yeah there you go the non-definitive top 10 from yeah. all right so cal texted me but what's good yeah he um he's been compiling a list on his end because i told him that's what we were doing oh, so yep. yeah he's got his own top 10 so let's bring him back on the line here so we're uh, we're, we're hmm. recording cal just so you know we wanted to talk about real quick i guess um the idea you, you since we're going through our top 10 here you've butted in here with a phone call or how, how does this yeah, how's this work i'm on the road obviously i've Walking and now I'm in Chicago and I was thinking I knew you were doing your top ten. You told me you were doing it and I thought, man, they are going to leave off so many producers that should be on that list. Of <laughs> so course. I decided I'll just record my quick top ten that I think you and Jose are going to leave off. Cool. Because yeah, we list. we each had to choose five. It was really I mean tough to choose five. I'm kind of jealous because you get ten. Cal gets his own ten. Yeah, not so. only do I get ten, there I'm you go. purposefully trying to pick ones that I thought you wouldn't choose. <laughs> also, so I had a lot more kind of leeway. Um, Sweet. And I think I did a pretty good job, actually. All right, well, let's roll it. Let's roll that shit. Hello, Radio Llama listeners. This is the What's Good. I'm coming to you from Chicago, Illinois. I'm on the road this week, and I wanted to share with you my list of 10 producers that I'm pretty sure George Spitz and the Master Fader left off of their list of 10 producers. So let's start right off. Number one, Large Professor. On the strength of one song alone, it ain't hard to tell. On Illmatic, he should be in this conversation, but also the album Breaking Adams and his influence on all his contemporaries like DJ Premier and Pete Rock mean that he is one of the classic producers of all time number two q-tip don't forget not just a rapper also an incredible producer his vision for the low-end theory and all those early tribe albums put him up there as one of my favorite producers also his one-off tracks like one love on illmatic and drink away the pain on the infamous speaking of which number three havoc shook ones part two on the infamous another one track that puts a producer up in the upper echelon of all producers but that whole album the infamous all his work for mob deep and another song quiet storm which is a banger we still hear on the radio to this day number four just blaze maybe the most ridiculous catalog of any producer since 2000 he defined what it meant to be a hip-hop producer in that era and jay-z's work for jay-z the work for cameron and dipset just blaze gotta respect what he's done number five the bomb squad speaking of influencing a whole sound from the late 80s and early 90s the bomb squad did public enemy they did ice cube and they brought that 
breakbeat and gritty style up to a new updated sound that everyone wanted to copy. Number six, DJ Muggs also took that gritty New York sound but made it West Coast accessible and created some of the tracks that we still play in the club to this day, like Jump Around. His work for Cypress Hill makes him one of my favorite producers of all time. Number seven, Exile, another West Coast producer and another personal favorite. I still listen to Below the Heavens. It's 10 years old right now, which is incredible to think about. Instant classic hip-hop album. Exile, also one of the greatest NPC Smiths out there. If you have a chance to see him live, do it. Number eight. Prince Paul. Prince Paul made it cool to be funny in hip-hop. I mean, his wackiness on the early De La Soul projects is only outdone by how serious and intense he got on Gravediggers and later work. Number nine, another Paul and another personal favorite of mine, Jay Paul. Not exactly a hip-hop producer, but on one song, BTSU, he changed how hip-hop electronic production is done and mixed. He made it something that was a complete, unique, dirty sound, but made that dirtiness listenable. And so, Jay Paul, number 10, No ID. No ID made the early Common albums, put Common on the map with his production, but also taught a young Kanye West how to produce hip-hop, and for that, we all should be thanking you. So thank you, No ID Big Ups. And I'm going to sneak a number 11 in there because I'm alone. Number 11, Ninth Wonder. George, Jose, if you left Ninth Wonder off of your list, I'm going to be so mad. Listen, Ninth Wonder is obviously an incredible producer. He made hip-hop accessible. He used Fruity Loops, a production program we all downloaded for free online, and he made the dopest beats with it. And for that, I thank you because a young the What's Good was in my bedroom thinking, how can I do this hip-hop music? And I listened to the listening, little brother, and it changed my life. And that's why I produce hip-hop to this day. So, Ninth Wonder, rounding out my list of, quote, 10 hip-hop producers. I'll be back with you in LA next week. Thank you all. Peace. Was he going to cry? <laughs> it sounded like he was going to cry. Dude, he's, he came through with the fucking properness too, though. Yeah. Man, he definitely like shat on our list, though, I think. <laughs> but he's it's very specific. It's very much his style. I'm stoked that we could even throw in an extra 11. Why not? The, tw- the 21 best producers. Why not? And I still want to defend my fucking self because it was, I mean, we each chose five. So anyways, I'm, I stand by my five. Yeah. I mean, I do too. They're they're That's why I chose them. So shout out to the what's good for coming through with concise with the knowledge. Hip hop is fuck. Knowledged proper top 10 quote unquote. That's probably the more official top ten. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would, I would, I would take it more serious, but, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I also recorded something with Cal before he left, and some goodies, a little goodie, a little you know the end treat we always have. So before we peace out, I just want to say thanks again for joining us. Um, or before I guess, so before we switch over to the uh, the jam. I just want to say thanks for joining us. Fader, thanks for being here. Thank you guys for having me. I mean, this is your podcast, so. <laughs> Thank you guys for letting me eat your Girl Scout cookies. Dude, shout out to Mary and Opal, man. Woof. All right, so without further ado, a little jam. Peace out. Yo. 
Check, check, hey, how, how you doing? Ta ta, bra, bra, pa 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 pa. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Yo, yo, check it. I'm in a 305 state of mind when I enter. My rhymes so fine they get shine in the winter. South by south, where they treat browns like ninjas, rocking proud. We're coming back like Simba, back like Cotter, rack like Giada, cooking a rack of land with ricotta. Went from persona non grata to da 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 da. A lot of you trying to ride, go ahead and hop up. The shot that I rock harder than Dwayne Johnson. Onslaught of awesome, got your man jocking and your girls flocking like LeBron got wins or your mom got men. The llamas, we drop gems. No options, you can say I'm locked in I won't stop till I'm on every top 10 Call it a godsend, I call it Darwinian winning We've been sending the image of rockin' <laughs> Yeah Yo, we let the it rhythm hit em good It was good Let's go Think I don't belong here Do you think that it'd be cool to pull out the bong here? These aliens look at me like I'm in the wrong here Cause I not give a fuck typical sooner with long hair When I'm gripping my schlong hair I am that punk motherfucker ready to go toe to toe for one beer And plus I got that ride or die lady that'll boot you off the plank If you fuck with me matey I was born in the 80s Back when the thing to do was have a crack baby Thankfully enough my parents weren't the type to fuck with that But it would explain why rap shady I'm talking about now Back in the day it was so crispy You can still find a couple goods but it's risky Cause rappers is lispy And the record store deleted that message from hip hop Which only says do you miss me? Yup, the ill's on strike We don't even want your damn Facebook likes So you can go and tell the homies they can fly kites Cause the MCs are calling in sick tonight Motherfucker Ooh, nice. I felt good. It was I, felt, I felt really good. Lama <laughs> Beats it. crew in the building. Check it. Dope. Yeah, do. Okay, I gotta get to the airport. Right. Peace. Right. <laughs> Beat that LA traffic. Did you check MF's uh, traffic report before you go? Did no, you check it? Radio <laughs> <laughs> You're going west? You're fucked. <laughs>